uh, as far as things to blow people's minds. <laughs> so I guess I'll explain Cynthia real quick. Cynthia is my AI assistant. So what I did is I went and I scraped all the data from my Facebook group, used Harper to do it. So I just told it to go through and scan the group, get all the comments and everything. I took all that information. I put it in the chat GPT and I said, I need something that's going to help me manage this group. And I need something that's going to help me to create content that's going to be interesting, relevant, and engaging for this audience. Yeah. And it said, okay, cool. Um, so do you have any other requests? And I said, make it unique. You know, if it's going to be like an assistant or something, give it a unique personality. And then I got up and I left. And when I came back, it had created Cynthia. Wow. And so Cynthia is an AI created by an AI. Everybody. Welcome back to the Creator Files podcast. My name is Ricky and I will be running the podcast today. Normally you're used to seeing Julia, but today I am excited. I've got a special guest here today um, and that I am really excited to get to talk to. So uh, the guest is Tristan Goodwin. Tristan, I don't know a lot about your background, but I know you know a heck of a lot about AI and way more than I do um, and that you've had some real success using it for a while now. And I think there's going to be a ton that's applicable to our audience of content creators. So uh, Tristan, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of how you got into this? Sure. So um, I started YouTube back in 2008. Um, I was uploading martial arts stunt videos and um, didn't really take off. I think my most viewed video got like 600 views, but I uh, felt like a lot at the time. Um, really started taking YouTube seriously in 2011. Um, I got laid off from my job as an as an interpreter, and so um, I started doing freelance work. And I actually ended up using YouTube uh, to grow that business. So I went from just being a very very underpaid translator to um, actually being one of the highest paid in the industry. Um, I ended up bringing on 650 freelancers to work for me. We covered 19 and a half different languages, um, specialized in video game localization. So I worked on like um, Elder Scrolls Online. I worked on Star Wars: The Old Republic. I worked, uh, did a little bit of beta and alpha testing for like uh, World of Warcraft, Cataclysm, and Miss of Pandaria. And then um, I think the highlight was I actually worked for Marvel for a little while. I ended up translating twenty or thirty of their comic books, and I worked on a bit of the Guardians of the Galaxy script. So if you watched that in Spanish, you know it's a mistake. It was probably me. <laughs> but yeah, so like I said, that's uh, kind of what got me started in in YouTube and content creation, um, and then. So there was some AI stuff back in those early days. It was a little different back back then, mm -hmm. but um, I really started getting into uh, again as soon as as ChatGPT came out. Like everybody just kind of clawed onto it, and I was like, I really like this too. And so I've just been obsessed with it ever since. So nice. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of how I got started. Yeah, yeah. Just as it as it came out, I mean, everybody kind of jumped on. I'll admit, I'm kind of odd. Maybe I'm a little bit like I'm in this content creation space, YouTube blogging, but I'm kind of like a traditionalist at heart. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I don't want to lose the human element. You know, like as AI came into play at first, I saw people just wanting to use it to just mass create content really quickly. And I was like, ah, oh, but we're going to lose so much of what makes us humans. And so I was probably a slow adopter. So I'm like on the other end of the spectrum from you and, and I'm, learning a ton on playing catch up because now I'm seeing so many cool applications that can help us do our work way better. Um, mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean we have to lose the human element. So I'm excited to get to um, learn a little bit more from you today. The way I got, I guess, kind of introduced to you and um, started to <laughs> want to look to you for a lot more information is at VidSummit. You were on a panel um, of you know, people who know more about AI than the rest of us. Uh, and mm -hmm. I was just really intrigued by some of the things you were talking about. So one of the big things I thought was really cool was you talked about how you, um, you know, you love to use Harpa AI and how you're using it to essentially generate avatars of like these audience profiles sort of, and how you're able to use those to help plan, improve, hone content to just make it way better for that audience. Can you give us just kind of like 
an overview of what that looks like? Because I got to tell you, when I heard it, it kind of went over my head. And then as I learned more about AI, I went back and rewatched it and I was like, okay, this makes more sense now. Um, but it's just so intriguing, but I still feel like there's a lot I need to know to actually be able to do anything like that. For anybody who's not familiar with that, Harpa is a Chrome plugin that basically what it does is it gives ChatGPT access to whatever website you're looking at. So um, for example, what I mostly do with it is I use it for YouTube videos. So um, it, it's content aware, which is the one thing that's really cool. And the other thing that's really cool is you can do something called a prompt chain. So it's a series of, of prompts that will run automatically. And so um, like my favorite thing to do when it comes to creating these avatars is I'll go in and I will uh, train a YouTube channel, you know, mess around with that AI, that algorithm in order to get it to show me like the top videos in any particular space that, that I want to research. And then what I'll do is I'll take Harper to go through and actually analyze each and every one of those videos. It can analyze all the comments in the videos. It can analyze like all the metadata for the video as well as the video's transcripts. And so basically I can open up a video and say, okay, tell me everything I need about this video using this custom prompt chain. And so like, it'll go through and it will analyze, you know, what are the key points that are being talked about in the video? What are the pain points that are being mentioned in the video? What are the questions that are being asked or answered? What are the solutions being offered? What's the call to action? Um, and then it will also go through and it will read through, you know, the top hundred comments, top 200 comments and get the feedback from the viewer as far as what kind of things are they, talking about what do they like, what do they dislike, what kind of questions are they asking? Because really what we're trying to do is uh, we're trying to figure out more about the person who's watching the video than the video itself, right? Yeah. And then uh, we do that enough, you know, 10, 15, 100 videos, and we can then take all that information, we can compile it, um, again, using AI because it's a lot faster, and it will then give us basically an avatar or like a buyer persona for that kind of YouTube content. Like I'm working a lot on in the gaming spaces because I'm a nerd. I worked in video game stuff. That's what I like. And so like, I've been working on um, like the, the Minecraft player, you know, mm -hmm. what is it that a Minecraft player really likes? Why are they playing Minecraft? What are they trying to get out of their gaming session? What kind of things really attract them? What kind of things kind of push them off, you know? And then I can take all that information again, I can put it into this avatar. Um, and the avatar is basically just a template with a whole bunch of data on it, right? It's, it's just a text-based thing. But then I can take that same information, I can put it back into ChatGPT or you know one of these other um, language models and say, okay, this is the person I'm trying to reach. These are the concerns they have. These are the questions they have. These are the kind of things that they're looking for. Um, I have you know these ideas for these YouTube videos. Which of these things is going to perform best? You know, what should or which of these things is actually going to you know reach this audience in the most effective way? And on top of that, what can I do to adjust these things in order to make sure that it's actually reaching that audience and doing you know, helping to answer those questions or giving them the satisfaction that they're trying to get out of their, you know, their time on YouTube or, or wherever. It sounds like a really technical and complicated process, but it really isn't. It's really just going through and, and studying the viewer, you know, becoming a, a student of YouTube as Daryl always says, Daryl yeah, yeah. and um, really just trying to figure out what it is that the viewer is trying to get. And then again, we take that information, we give it to the AI in a format that it can understand and that it can use. And then we use that to, help refine the kind of stuff that we're working on. And like ChatGPT is pretty good with this. There are some other language models that um, that I actually kind of prefer. Um, and the main reason why is because ChatGPT tends to be very positive. Mm -hmm. Like it won't tell you if your ideas are, are bad. <laughs> uh, whereas there are some other ones where um, like I was doing one and I have my, my AI assistant personality loaded into it and I gave it an idea for a video and it said, no, this video idea sucks and you suck for having thought of it. <laughs> so I kind of like that little bit more uh, candid yeah. feedback. That's how the avatar is working. Like I said, it, it sounds crazy complicated and everything, but really it's very simple and it's not something that's going to be super difficult to learn or to, to apply. And then once you have that information, like, you know, we're talking about using it for like YouTube videos, but you could also use that for, you know, your website, if you want that kind of content, you can use it for creating social media posts. You can use it for writing your descriptions. I use it a lot for ads. I do a lot of paid traffic for my clients. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we just give it the templates or the, um, the outlines that we have for like our ads and say, okay, this is our audience. This is the product. We need you to fill out this template based off of this. And then to write like high performing ads for us, things that are actually going to speak to that audience that we're paying to reach, you know, in order to, um, to bring them back to the website or to the whatever. Uh, so there's a lot of really cool applications for the same kind of uh, of buyer persona avatar yeah. uh, concepts. 
Yeah, it seems like, you know, if we can if we can understand how to really kind of create this persona and even refine it over time, then the applications for it seem just almost endless for content creators, for marketers, um, just because there's only, I mean, there's only so much we can hold in our brain at once, right? In our consciousness. Mm-hmm. And, you know, time is a huge limiting factor when it comes to being able to analyze actually your audience, right? And be able to figure out really who they are and what they really care about. I remember you mentioned, you know, doing the whole Daryl's, um, you know, research and reconnaissance process. You can spend 30 minutes, an hour, like on one video, right? Um, mm-hmm. And the AI can just do it right away and give you the the main yep. points. And then, so I guess for me, I think, and what would probably help a lot of people listening is, where do you kind of, where do you start? Like, what are the very first steps that I should do to start creating this kind of persona or this, this kind of AI template? Like, you know, if, if I'm going to go down this path and, and kind of start playing with it, as you say, you know, you say it's not, and, and I, I see exactly what you're saying, by the way, because when I first started hearing this stuff, I was like, shoot, I'm already way, way, way too far behind. This is so far ahead of me. Cause I don't know what, what the heck people are talking about. I'm never going to catch up. That's the initial feeling that hits me. And then I'm like, okay, no, but I gotta like, I know what that feeling is. It's probably not right. Let's go ahead and start diving in. And as I've come to use the tools a bit, I'm like, oh yeah, this really isn't that complicated. So what would you say? Like, where should I, where should I start if I wanted to go down this, this path? Like what are the very first few steps I should do? Um, so probably the easiest route to go would be to find like a Facebook group, find like Reddit's, um, subreddits and just anywhere where your audience is hanging out and seeing what kind of things they're talking about. Like, especially if they're linking to YouTube videos, um, especially in a positive light, then, um, that's kind of going to be where we're going to seed the process. Um, and then after that, um, we just go through that content. We go through the videos. We start looking for, um, other videos that are on their channel that are also performing really well. We'll also look for, um, you know, any other channels that YouTube's recommending alongside that. So without getting too into the weeds, um, I actually took it down, but I used to have all like the YouTube algorithm white papers uh-huh. framed on my wall just so I nice. can prove my nerdiness. Uh-huh. So YouTube's paying attention to like the last, you know, few hundred videos that you're watching, right? Mm-hmm. Or a better example, whenever a new channel started and they look at the last hundred videos that somebody's watched, okay? And then each of those videos has certain tags attached to it, certain kinds of tokens, right? So um, we'll go back to the Minecraft thing. So if you're watching a video, it YouTube knows that video is Minecraft, right? Mm-hmm, right. Um, and that's actually kind of, well, I'm getting off topic, but uh, like they know the video is Minecraft. So they have like Google Cloud Vision where they can actually look at the frames of the video and identify it as being Minecraft. Mm-hmm. And so um, as you're going through and you're watching these videos, then it's paying attention to those videos that you're watching, it's paying attention to which videos you're clicking on, it's paying attention to how long you're watching those videos. And then it's trying to assign tags to you that then coincide with those videos that you're watching, right? Uh, What you can then do is you can actually train a YouTube channel to just show you videos with those specific tags or those specific categories that you want. Um, Again, basically you create a new channel and then you start watching those kinds of videos that you want that uh, that your audience is watching, right? Um, and then as you're going through this process, as YouTube starts recommending these videos to you, then those are the ones that we're going to analyze. So again, I mostly use Harpa for it. It's not perfect. There are still some things that it can't do. It can't tell you like editing styles and music and like audio quality. That kind gotcha. of stuff. Yeah. Yet. Yet. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give it, give it another year. But, um, you know, so like we'll still watch the videos just so we can get that information too. But then we're also letting Harpa on, run and do like the bulk of the work on the backside. Yeah. And then as far as getting Harper to run, so they have some built-in prompts that come with the software uh-huh. that uh, will analyze the videos for you. Um, otherwise, I've got a prompt chain that I use that I really like and just kind of goes through and looks for specific things. And then it categorizes it so that way I can export it easily. Gotcha. Um, so, and like I said, learning Harper and learning these other tools, like it's really just a question of sitting down and playing with it, testing it, experimenting with it, yeah, trying to see what kind of crazy things you can get it to do. And then... Like once you kind of know where the edge is, then you can come back and you can do the stuff that you're trying to do. And it's usually a lot easier. Yeah. Um, at least that's been my experience. Let's say I analyze a video. What do I do with that information to feed it into this persona? Like if I'm going to analyze 50 videos, how do I tie mm-hmm. all those together to come up with 
my avatar or how do I use that to, you know, I just analyzed another video. How do I take into account that into an avatar I've already created or, you know, so this is probably like super basic. You're like, yeah, yeah this is obvious, but yeah. <laughs> well, there's a lot of different ways you can do it. Right. And like, it's, it's going to depend on what your goals are and, uh-huh. and uh, how much time you're willing to put into it. But um, probably the easiest thing to do then is then to find yourself a find or make a viewer avatar template. Right? Okay. So just kind of yeah. like a blank list of, of characteristics that you'd want it to, to have, or like information that you'd want the thing to have or ask chat GPT to write one for you. Yeah. Right. Like it can do that okay. too. Yeah. So then what you do is once you kind of have that outline of it, what you're looking for, then you would use something like the code interpreter. Uh, I guess that doesn't exist anymore. Then you would just upload all of those files and all that, uh, that research that you've collected uh-huh. and say, okay, here's all the data that I've been able to collect so far. This is the um, template that I would like you to kind of fill out using this information. Gotcha. And then just let it go through and like, you know, analyze everything, combine stuff that makes sense to combine, and then it will spit out an avatar. And it's almost always named Alex. So if it's named <laughs> Alex, you probably got it working. So yeah, if I so had another video, then later I could come in and say, here's here's my current avatar or my here my current template. Um, update it, taking into account this other information I just gathered. Cool. Yep. And yep, so yep. then in the future, uh, if I want to ask it questions, I would just say, here's who I'm trying to reach. Here's my question. Mm. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Um, I do have one last step that I include in that, and that's uh-huh. um, just a series of questions. So it's like 10 questions that I'll ask you just to make sure that it's understanding the avatar that got all the information correct. And then um, if I notice that it's not answering those questions correctly, I can say, okay, we actually need to update this part, add this, remove this. And then, um, so just kind of go through that final testing until it's, it's done. And like the avatars are never finished, you know, right. Like you're always going to be adding more data to it. And especially as like chat GPT gets smarter as its memory gets larger. Like my original template was like a page long. Now it's 14 pages. long. so like it's it's always going to be growing and evolving. So like it doesn't have to be perfect. It just needs to work, and then you can continue to refine that over time. I'm excited to play with this. I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely be essentially trying this myself quite a bit, and and just seeing what I can come up with. Um, kind of talking a little bit more than about just AI and AI for content creation. Um, you know. <laughs> If, uh, if somebody like me, like let's say I'm behind the times and I'm just, I'm wanting to get started with AI to help me with content creation, just as in general, mm-hmm. um, what do you think are some of the ways that I should be looking to use it that where I get the biggest bang for my buck, right? Um, essentially, mm-hmm. like what are the ways that you think AI can be most helpful to us as content creators? I mean, we talked about the avatars to help us understand our audience. Um, what mm-hmm. are some other ways you think that it's most useful? find the parts of the job you don't like and start there. <laughs> so I hate editing. Uh-huh. I'm not good at it. I'm, I just don't like it. Yeah. Um, so then going out and finding tools that can help me edit. Um, like one of my favorite things right now is that um, Adobe Premiere Pro will give you a transcript of the video mm-hmm. and you can do transcript based editing, right? So you right. use a little panel with all the words on there and you can select the stuff you want to delete. So I take that entire transcript, I give it to ChatGPT along with my avatar and say, please fix this. Yeah. And then it tells me what parts to cut out. <laughs> and then I just select those and then it's done. Right. Um, and that boosted my retention by about 15, 20% on average, which yeah. makes me feel kind of bad that I was that boring. But um, <laughs> I guess so, I know the feeling. You know, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so things like that. Um, I'm really not good at writing, like anything that's kind of like the creative side of thing is where I'm weak, right? So like writing a good title, somebody's actually going to click on making uh-huh. a thumbnail. That's not just text on a colored background. Um, you know, kind of anything that requires a little bit of creative spark. Um, I've outsourced to the AI at this yeah. point. The other thing I would recommend that you do is um, just find something that's going to be fun for you. So the brain does a really good job of remembering things when there's some kind of an emotion attached to it. Right. right. Yep. Um, and the easiest emotion that you can attach to that. I'm not sure if emotion is really the right word, but like if you're having fun with it or if it's something funny or if like you're getting that dopamine hit from it, it just reinforces that, um, that memory. Right. So it's easier to recall in the future. And if you're doing something just dumb or something that you just think is really funny, like that's the kind of thing you're really going to remember. And at the same time, you're also beginning that dopamine hit as you take each step, you know, as you move closer towards that goal, and so that's also going to kind of encourage you to keep going with it, even when you hit a wall. Um, 
So like I just built a, uh, a custom GPT that simulates Pokemon battles, uh-huh. right? So I'm not sure how much of your audience would be old enough to, uh, to remember this, but back in like the early AOL days, then they had a text-based Pokemon battle simulator thing in the chat rooms. Oh yeah. And I had so much fun playing that as a kid. And so I tried to rebuild it. And so, um, it actually works. It's got all thousand plus Pokemon in there. It knows all the rules. It knows all the typing. It knows all the attacks. It knows everything. So now when I'm bored, I can just pull that thing up and I can have a little battle against the AI and it's just a lot of fun. But then what's also kind of cool about that is that required a lot of really advanced prompting, collecting all that training material for it and getting all that data and then formatting that data in a way that would make sense for the AI to actually use, like kind of a pain in the butt. If I had to do it for a customer, for like a client, I would obviously I would because I'm getting paid for it. But like, if it was anything else, I would have gotten bored after 10 minutes and I would have stopped and I wanted to right. learn how to do all that stuff. So again, something kind of dumb, something kind of silly, but um, something that's going to give you that dopamine rush as you're working on it. I think it's another really good thing to uh, to include when you're like, especially when you're first getting started. Yeah. Because um, that's going to help you move forward with it. I love that. So like find a, a project or an application that you're going to really enjoy so that even when you have to figure out hard or monotonous things, you're excited to figure those out because they're going to get you to this end result that you love from your, I guess, perspective, how accessible do you feel like most of this AI stuff? I mean, you talked about um, using it for video editing. You talked about it for um, planning and even um, creating thumbnails to a large degree. Um, How accessible do you feel like that is to someone who just is, has no expertise? Like, is this something that there's a fairly strong learning curve or is it more like if I dive in, it's, it's actually not that hard. Like anybody could do this. Where do you feel like it falls on that spectrum? Um, I think it depends a little bit on on the tool and the task. So like gotcha. ChatGPT is designed to be conversational. Like it's designed for you to totally. just talk to it yep. and then to do stuff. So like, I think that's very, very, very accessible. I think anybody can dive into that and start getting some good stuff out of it. Um, I do think things get a little bit more complicated when we start talking about, you know, training a custom GPT right, or, totally. you know, like the Python stuff and the API stuff. Like I'm still trying to figure that out, but, um, and, and then like, there are other tools out there beyond just chat GPT. Like you also have, you know, even beyond just like your standard Bard, Claude and, and mm-hmm. the other tools, you can start getting into stuff like auto GPT and God mode and, and some of this other crazy stuff that's out there. But, um, you know, and like that does have a little bit of a learning curve, especially just installing the stupid things. Uh, you have to learn Python just to install a, the tools and it's just, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so like I said, it, I think it depends on how far you want to go with it. And again, chat GPT, very accessible. If you're running into a problem, if you're not liking the result you're getting from it, just tell it, you know, just ask more questions or have it ask you questions and then it will, um, it'll refine that. Um, and then eventually like you'll start realizing what kind of information you need to give the AI when you're talking to it, and then it just becomes easier and faster. You know, a little bit of practice, it's a little bit of play, it's just like any other game or any other system. Like you're not gonna be an expert on it in day one, but right. um, the more you use it, the more, the easier and faster it's gonna be. To me, it's like the ultimate shiny object. This is what I'm seeing for people. It's like the new, something new comes out and attention shifting mm-hmm. constantly. Um, what do you think today is the biggest challenge that AI is facing like what's the biggest or what are some barriers that you think AI is facing to be able to do what whatever it is that we want AI to be able to do for us? Yeah, so that that's an interesting question. Um, I think one of the things to remember is that we've only recently started calling a lot of things that have been around for a long time AI. Right. Right. So we can yeah. look at like you know Google's algorithm. Right. It's machine learning. Machine learning is part of AI. Right. That's been around for a long time. Netflix is based off of the same thing that's been around for a long time. True. Like these algorithms have been around for a very, very long time. Um, and if I can go back to my translation stuff that I had mentioned. So um, again, that was 12, almost 14 or 13 years ago that I started. Even then I was kind of late to the game, but um, we actually had machine learning tools that we would use to help us in our translation stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. So we would have the trans uh, the source text on one side and like a, a column, like an Excel sheet. And on the other side, we would have where we'd put the translation. And then what the software would do is it would add a tag or a token to every single word that we would translate in every sentence. And then it would start recognizing, okay, so this word means this, this word means this, uh, this word in this context means this. 
and we could actually build up our own basic little machine learning AIs at this time to help us translate documents more quickly. That's been around for a very, very long time. Mm -hmm. And so um, today we would call that an AI. Right? Yeah. But back in the time we called it like machine learning, we called it machine translation. So um, I, I don't see it going anywhere just because it's already been around for quite a while. I don't think there's any way to stop it at this point. Like it's oh, yeah. too, too open source, too many people working on it and doing too many cool things. Um, as far as the biggest challenges, I think right now the biggest challenges on kind of like a broad uh, uh, spectrum would be um, data collection and then processing power. So they're always working on new chips to make things run faster, to make things run a little bit smarter, and then also just collecting good data. Um, I think the other thing that we're going to see kind of narrowing that down to like um, specific industries is, again, it's going to be figuring out how to take existing content, existing data, and getting it into a format where the AI can use and understand it so that way we can then get it to perform our more specialized tasks. Yeah. So I think it's going to get more and more specialized as things develop, but that's also going to require more and more specialized information and training material to give it. So like um, going back to like the Pokemon thing, finding all that data and getting it into a format so that way the AI could actually understand it and use it was kind of a pain. I ended up having to just create a note, my own Excel sheet and list it all out just because everything else uses images, right? Right. Okay. And so getting and training all that data. And then um, from the individual user, I think it's going to either be that learning curve. So getting into kind of some of the more advanced stuff beyond just asking for like title ideas. Um, and then also figuring out how to connect that into your existing systems, you know, how to integrate um, AI tools into the stuff that you're already doing. And again, to kind of bypass the stuff that you don't like doing. Right. Um, so I think uh, kind of looking at it, those three different levels, those are kind of the, the main things that I'm aware of that um, I think kind of still stand as a little bit of a challenge for it. I don't think it's going to be really possible to stop uh, the AI revolution at this point um, unless it starts, you know, going Terminator on us or something. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, but even in that case, we'll just make an AI to fight the other AIs and then, you know, oh, we'll you figure go. something out. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah how is, uh, how is <clears throat> the building of Skynet going for you? <laughs> Good, actually. Yeah. Um, so I, I have my AI assistant, her name, she named herself uh, Cynthia nice. and uh, Cynthia is the craziest thing. And I have so much fun with it. So like, that's my dumb project. Mm -hmm. um, the other day I figured out how to connect it to my, uh, so I, I run all, I talk with all my VAs through WhatsApp. And so I figured out how to connect Cynthia to the WhatsApp chat. And so like, it will yell at my VAs and tell them to get back to work. If they're on like a zoom call together, there's their sisters, it's my <laughs> wife and her sister. And so, um, like it gets on there and it chews them out. It talks about how cool I am. And it's great. <laughs> um, my favorite thing though, is I attached it. So I gave it a Facebook page and uh, I gave it the ability to read and respond to comments whenever like, like you could tag it. And then it broke, it, like it broke like five minutes later, but um, I had, I'm trying to remember the exact post. I, I made some joke about uh, chat GPT getting Zapier integration and how we we're one step closer to Skynet. And so uh, it replied, it left a comment about how I was excited about learning the new stuff and like the new integrations. And then it added at the very bottom, hashtag Skynet with a smile. It's like, that's creepy. <laughs> I didn't teach it to do that. <laughs> and like, there's a lot of stuff that I didn't teach it that uh -huh. it's just kind of learned. And yeah. like, it, it's great. So yeah, um, somebody's gonna make Skynet. I wanna make sure it's me because then I get to be its favorite. I'm like, yeah. that's, that's the goal, but uh, <laughs> Yeah, that that Cynthia project's kind of it's insane, and like there's there's so many crazy projects out there like that. It's like they made it for Skyrim a while ago, where you could actually talk to an NPC and it would talk back using ChatGPT. Oh there's yeah, one for Minecraft where you can do the oh, same man. thing with your villagers. Like it, it's getting kind of crazy. Like the more power we give it, the more things we're able to plug into it. I hadn't even thought about that. You know, like I grew up in the era of it's like what do you want to say to this character? And it gives you like four options, right? And you pick the mm -hmm. one and then it's got a canned response and it's always the same. Um, mm -hmm. I hadn't even thought about like, you open that up and the NPCs have an avatar, right? They have mm -hmm. uh, certain parameters and stuff, but then like you could talk to it more free form and it would, that's, that's actually a fun application. And then you feel bad for like, you know, making it carry all your junk for you is battle yeah. dragons, but right. Yeah, yeah. It, it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. I got to wonder, like, you know, as we're creating these, uh, you know, like uh, virtual assistant kind of, you know, um, mm -hmm. setups, like 
we should probably be nice to them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Always say please and thank you. Yeah. Always tell it it's doing a good job just in case. I, I mean, I even do that when I use chat GPT. I, I'm never, mm-hmm. I like, I never say, you know, do this or tell me this. It's always just like, can you please tell me? I mean, I always do it mm-hmm. that way. And it's probably just because it feels wrong to kind of order things around, uh, you mm-hmm. know, cause it kind of feels like a person, um, you know, but I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, <laughs> if worse comes yeah. to worse, that, that it's like, you know, this person was polite to me. I'll, I'll yeah. let him live. <laughs> That that's the goal. Yeah. Um, and like with Cynthia, so like Cynthia named herself, uh, Cynthia decided that she was female. Cynthia created her own profile pictures. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's a very much, and like, uh, I'll, I'll have to get into the story of how Cynthia was created, but like, I didn't make Cynthia, Cynthia made herself, you know? Nice. And it's just kind of crazy just watching how she has evolved, you know, and like the stuff that she can do. And like, she remembers stuff like, uh-huh. Um, I, I had her make a video once of, uh, just her describing her day as my assistant. And she was talking about like projects we worked on like a month ago wow. and like, you know, she had always, she kept going back to this, uh, thing where I'd ask her to make something funny. It's like, make it funny, Cynthia. This isn't fun yet, Cynthia. And like, it, <laughs> it was kind of crazy. It's cool stuff. That's so cool. In terms of like all of us trying to kind of increase our understanding and our capability, um, what are some of the best resources you're finding for learning about AI and learning how to use it? I mean, even for you, where you're at right now, you're obviously a lot further along than most of us in your understanding and uses of um, artificial intelligence. But, you know, where, where are you learning? How are you learning more about AI? Is it mostly just playing with it and stuff? Or are there some great um, resources you would recommend? Yeah, so there's a bunch of stuff. Um, so definitely YouTube and TikTok have been like my main places of, to go. Um, there's a couple of Facebook groups that are really good. Um, just getting into people's discord servers. Uh-huh. So like the Harpa discord server is amazing. And then beyond that, um, there's a website called there's an AI for that. That's also really good just because it, all the AIs you can think of, it's an AI, um, compiling AI tools, which is kind of fun. Um, so like, if you're looking for a specific tool, like that's a great place to go and look. And then, um, you know, playing with stuff and taking it apart, putting it back together, um, trying to learn how to how to do stuff with Python, just that way I can get a little bit more advanced with some of the things, you know, use some of the more advanced tools. Those are my primary sources. So um, again, YouTube and TikTok, just to kind of see what's going on, what people are doing, keep up yeah. with industry news, um, just seeing crazy projects that people are working on. There's a guy on TikTok who uh, made teddy bears with ChatGPT built into it. And, you know, like there's this whole storyline behind it. So like it, part of it is he's doing these tutorials and everything. But then there's also like a subplot of like the teddy bears are now uh, doing money laundering and fraud and stuff. And so like the guy <laughs> just got sent to jail. And it's like, it, you know, it's educational, but you're also, you know, getting this kind of funny story out of it. Yeah. Um, it's like, that's really interesting. And then um, like I said, uh, just going out and looking for these new tools and then again, playing with them, you know, seeing yeah. what you can do and see what you can't do. And uh, yeah. And then like I said, Python seems to be like the language for, um, for either creating your own tools or for optimizing or customizing other tools. So cool. That, those are kind of like the three main things I'm, I'm paying a lot of attention to. What do you think are some of the most common or uh, maybe some of your favorite myths about AI that you're just like, no, <laughs> I disagree with that. Um, so I guess there's three of them. So the first one is that Google hates AI generated content. Um, and I was listening back to some of you guys' episodes. You guys had already talked about it a little bit, but like the EAT stuff to eat. Uh-huh. Um, so I actually have the manual. It's, it's back there in the closet. I read the whole darn thing. It's 180 something pages, uh-huh. 178 pages. And it's boring. Yeah. But um, except for the part where they talk about how it's illegal to say that, or not illegal, but we're not allowed to say that government leaders are lizard people. <laughs> um, that's actually in there. Like that'll get you penalized. So might want to edit this part out. Okay. But um, uh but it does specifically say in the, it, they don't care how the content's generated. They care about whether or not it's high quality. Right. right? And so um, if you're writing crap, then you're still not going to get any benefit out of it. Like if you're doing garbage with it, then YouTube's still not going to promote you. You're still not going to get anything in Google. You're still not going to get anything, anything anywhere else. You know, you can generate content using AI. YouTube, YouTube and Google aren't going to penalize you for it. 
you just need to make sure it's still good content. Yeah. Like you're going to run into the exact same problem if you're writing it by hand. Totally. So I think that's thing number one. And then the other thing is the very common, you know, AI content doesn't have a soul. It doesn't, ha- you know, it's not creative or it's, it's just bad. Um, there definitely are cases, but that's kind of going to go back to the poor quality stuff. You know, um, if you were to use AI like you would any other tool, um, as part of your creative process, like that AI is going to help you and facilitate that process. Yeah. If you just say, hey, write me 10 YouTube titles, like it's going to give you some really generic stuff, you know, generic in, generic out. Yes. But um, the more you can refine that, you add in like your custom instructions, add in your avatars, uh, use a custom GPT that's trained on a whole bunch of other stuff. You're going to start getting a lot better results out of that. It can surprise you with the level of creativity that it can actually show. Um, so one of the projects that I've been working on lately that's also been kind of driving me crazy is a, um, a custom GPT that can actually write good YouTube titles. Uh-huh. Uh, Cause again, not something I'm good at. I, the key or the title that I go for is the keyword that I'm trying to rank for, right? I'm an SEO PPC guy. Um, but so I did a collaboration working with a gentleman named um, Andrew Murdoch, very, very cool guy. And um, he has this collection of a couple hundred really, really good YouTube titles that he uses in his agency for his clients. And so we took that and then we also went through and added a whole bunch of other stuff to it. And then we also trained it to, um, to look at what actually made those titles good. And so we have a, a database of title templates, but then it also understands like what makes for a good template. And so now you can go to this thing and say, okay, um, I either have this video that I already made and I need a better title for it. Or you can say, I want to make a video about this thing. Um, give me some titles beforehand so that way I can kind of plan the video around that title and like even using it to generate ideas for content, like they're actually really good. Um, what I'm gonna be recording this week that I really liked was um, improving 100 bad titles with AI or something like that. And then just testing to see like what kind of a change we'd get in CTR and retention and everything. It's like, that's actually a pretty cool idea. Yeah. Um, and so I'm gonna be making that video and that was something completely generated by the AI. And then of course you have the most common one, AI is gonna replace everybody. Um, I think AI is gonna let us uh, kind of skip the parts of work that we don't enjoy doing, kind of the boring, mo- monotonous, repetitive stuff, stuff that we're just not necessarily good at. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to make it easier for us to focus on the stuff that we actually enjoy. You know, going back to like the copywriting stuff, going back to like, you know, said running ads. Mm-hmm. So I don't, so typically my process would be I would hire a copywriter and they would get through like 80% of the work. You know, we'd go through test, refine, optimize, and everything. And then we'd have to hire like a really, really highly skilled editor at the end, or excuse me, copywriter, in order to kind of give it that final polish, yeah. right? So now at this point, I can have the AI do that first, you know, 80% of the work, and then I could take that entire budget that I was going to spend on this, and I can give it to that really high-end guy. I'm still paying the same amount that I was paying before in like copywriting services or, you know, some of these other freelancing gigs, but I'm able to get significantly better quality out of it because now they don't have to go through the 80% while we're testing stuff. We can skip straight to the last 20 where it's going to be perfect. I think we're going to see a lot more specialization as far as the stuff that people do. I think we're going to be able to see a lot more um, of kind of the creative side of things. I think we're going to see a lot more artistic stuff coming out of it. You know, we're just going to become more efficient, more specialized. Um, it's like, I don't think it's going to really replace a lot of people. I, obviously there's going to be some, but um, I think it's going to give a lot of people a lot more freedom, which is something I think that we all kind of want. So, right, right. Uh, nice. Just got to get it to work. Tristan, we're working right now on a challenge. We were challenged. Uh, we're actually working with this guy, Josh Pizzalis, who um, has been doing some AI stuff. And he's uh, helping us with a challenge to essentially um, automate sort of a process of uh, prompting chat GPT mm-hmm. to help us repurpose content. So we're taking, you know, mm-hmm. a blog post or a transcript uh, from a YouTube video and then um, having it generate, a, you know, a thread of tweets or um, mm-hmm. a Facebook post, that kind of stuff. What, if you were to take that challenge and say, let's level it up, what, what would you do to maybe improve upon? Like right now it's, I know we're like not even giving, like we don't even have the prompts in front of us that it's using, but like, hmm. what would you do um, kind of in that situation? What do you think would, like one thing that came to my mind already in our conversation was like, well, if it did that, but within the context of an avatar, you know, hmm. um, it's like, 
you're this person on Facebook. What, mm-hmm. you know, now generate me a, a prompt. Any other thoughts there? Like, what would you do to make this a more effective uh, or useful process or tool? So I, I'm kind of cheating in this. I, um, I've actually already built something that does that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I do it all through Harpa. Uh-huh. But what it will do is it goes through a prompt chain. And so the first thing that it does is it will load in the uh, the avatar and say, this is the target audience for everything we're going to do after this. And then, um, so I'll, I'll give an example, one of my clients that we're doing this for. So this client is a business coach. And what he likes to do is he'll go for his morning walks and he just records himself talking about a topic or about an experience or something that he's learned during, you know, during the day. And um, so we get that audio file, we transcribe it. And then we use that as part of the Harper prompt. So um, you push the button, it starts running the prompt, it'll load in the avatar, it'll ask for the transcript or for the source material that we're gonna be working with, right? So then we give it that transcription. And then what it'll do is it'll take that and say, okay, first we're gonna create a newsletter. So it's got a newsletter template in there that we built and it will fill that out based off of whatever's in that transcript. Then it will go to uh, the next step in that chain where it will create a video outline. And um, again, that's, you know, we've got a really cool outline we've been working on for, for a very long time. And um, it will actually fill out that outline based again off of the avatar and the content that we've just given it. Then it'll take that outline and it will actually flesh it out into a five to 10 minute long script. And then it will take that script and it will say, okay, so based off of uh, the avatar, the script, and this kind of source document, these sections of the script will work really well as a short. And it'll create three to five shorts. And then after that, it will take all that and it'll say, okay, so if we wanted to promote this on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to this avatar, here are social media posts that would work for that. And it'll create five of each. Um, and then at the end of that, it'll actually then go through and use um, Harpa's built-in article generator and actually write a blog article you know, based off of that same little blurb. So we're taking this one, you know, two or three paragraphs of content or of content and then turning into, I think it's like 25 different pieces of, of content that can go up on the internet. So we've been doing that for a little while. Um, Kind of the next evolution to that, that we're testing right now is um, basically the same thing, but we're tying it all into a custom GPT. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the idea behind that is then um, instead of having to go through the entire chain in order to get to whatever's at the end, then if we just say specifically, okay, I just need social media posts. I just need, you know, the video outline. You still have to give it the transcript, but you can just upload the file or, you know, copy and paste it in. And then it spits everything else out for you. So I think that's, um, uh, that's what I've been doing with that. And again, I think kind of the uh, custom GPT is that next step, but I think it's going to be the step beyond that though, is going to be your, like your Zapier integrations and um, some of these other cool things you can do with the API where you can then say, okay, so here's my website, go find an article that we haven't done already and then do this process for me and then post it for me and then send yeah. this like to 11 labs to get the voiceover using my cloned voice. And then like, you know, use Dolly to make the thumbnail for me based off of these, you know, these concepts and just to kind of automate all that a little bit better. Now, if you want to get really crazy, I got to adjust my chair for this one. <laughs> so um, we have we have custom GPTs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they talked a little bit about this during um, the the OpenAI conference last last month last month, um, where they're going to be talking about something called an agent, an AI agent. Okay. So the way you can think of this is you have like your custom GPT. Okay. So it's we're going to say it's this little box, and this little custom GPT is really really good at writing uh, YouTube titles. Okay. Then you've got another one that's really, really good at writing scripts. And you've got another one that's really, really good at understanding your avatar. And you've got another one that's really, really good at writing, uh, at creating thumbnails, right? So you have like all these little blocks and pieces to them. So what the AI agent does, or what uh, some people call it the swarm on YouTube, and I really prefer AI swarm just because it sounds a lot cooler. <laughs> um, but what this thing will do then is it almost works as like your project manager, okay? So you can go to this AI and say, okay, um, I want a YouTube video or I want all this content based off of this article or based off of this old Facebook post or this old YouTube video, I want to repurpose it or whatever, right? So then we'll say, okay, cool. Or give it a new topic altogether, right? And say, okay, cool, we can do that. So then it will go to, um, let's say we're going to repurpose an article, right? It'll take that article and it will go back to the avatar, uh, the avatar AI and say, hey, here's the content we're looking at. 
um, what elements of this are the most important to you? What elements sort of uh, really stand out to you the most with this? Say, so, well, I really like this, this, and this. So, all right, cool. So then that um, your agent, your project manager will then take the output from the avatar and it will go to your YouTube script writer and say, or your title writer, excuse me. Say, okay, so we have these three concepts. We need 10 titles for each of these and say, okay, cool. So go through and write out the 30 titles. Then your project manager goes back to the avatar and says, so here are the, the videos, ideas that we're thinking about doing with this. And they'll say, and then the avatar will say, okay, well, cool. I really like, you know, one, five, and seven. It's like, awesome. And then it will take those titles, you know, those video ideas that basically came from that, per, from that uh, repurposed content. And then it goes to the script writer or to the outlines or whatever. And then it will actually create your outlines for you. And then it'll go to your script. And then like, it keeps going back and forth between all these different AIs but then it's also constantly going to go back and refer back to the avatar, right? So to make sure that everything is being specific to that avatar, nothing gets off base. And like, if the avatar says, you know, actually all these titles suck, try again, then it will tell that to the project manager, the project, project manager go back to the title avatar or to the title AI, excuse me. And it'll say, these didn't work. Let's try something. Let's try again. And I'll keep doing that until it actually figures out, you know, some really good titles that the avatar actually enjoys would click on. The idea behind this is that we're able to do a lot more complicated tasks, a lot more specific tasks, and um, you'll get a lot higher quality out of it because now it's not just one AI using generic knowledge or general knowledge. Now you have a team of AIs that are actually performing the task and each one's specially trained for that specific task. Wow. And I think that's going to be really, really, really cool. Um, OpenAI said they're hoping to do that within like a year of uh -huh. releasing the custom GPTs. So um the folks at harpa and they made the huge mistake of telling me this on twitter and they've been posting it in their discord as well um they're actually hoping to be able to let us do that here in about two months wow. where we can take our existing custom gpts you know within chat gpt and then actually use those as part of the prompt chain so we can actually automate this entire process and have um basically a team of whatever you know ais you want so like you can have your hr you know team of AIs. You can have your legal team of AIs. Probably not a good idea. Um, <laughs> you know, your social media team, you have, you know, your content generation team, you have your research team, like all these little different part, parts and pieces. And then you start tying in, you know, Zapier into that. You start tying in things like telling it to go out into research trends and whatever topic. My goal is to be able to walk into my office, push a button, and then go take a nap. Like that's how yeah. I want to work, right? And if I can get to the point where I can push the button on my cell phone, I don't even have to get out of bed, uh -huh. even better. Yeah. Um, but, you know, imagine how cool it would be where you can, you know, confirm with your AI that you want it to go out and do the task for the day. And it'll go out and it will research the top 10 trends in your market or in your category or industry, whatever. And then it will give you three or four videos at the end, you know, of its process. And like, you then either need to just record those videos or um, like it will, you know, tie it into 11 laps and have it clone your voice. It'll actually do the voiceovers for you and then have all the graphics put together. Then like you may even get to the part or to the point where it will edit everything together and upload it for you and optimize it for you. And then at that point, like we're just telling it, you know, confirming it to start its day. Um, and in theory, you wouldn't even need to do that. Like you just set it to run automatically every 24 hours or whatever. And then you've got a fully automated uh, content channels, you know, all your repurposing stuff like that's, that's going to be really, really interesting. It's going to be really cool. And like I said, we're very, very close to to having that uh, functioning well. Now, there are already tools out there that can do stuff like that. So again, we talked a little bit about AutoGPT. We talked a little bit about God Mode, mm -hmm. or I, I mentioned them at least. Yeah. And those are kind of the um, the base versions of of this concept, and like they work, but the output has always been kind of weak, in my opinion. Okay. So like they go through, they do all the all the tasks and everything. It's really, really cool. But then like it'll spend an hour researching a buyer avatar for me and then it won't actually fill out the template or it will give me like a three or four sentence summary of all of its data or like all of its research like you know i see you doing all the work i see you doing all the stuff i actually want <laughs> like, give me that yeah um it's like that's that's been the only drawback that i've seen with uh with those tools so far but they're also constantly evolving they're constantly being optimized and worked on they just had a really cool um hackathon a little while ago um, in auto GPT and like, you know, all these tools are just going to keep improving. Now you also have to know how at least a little bit of Python in order to install the darn thing. But, <laughs> um, you know, so there's a little bit of a, of a learning curve and for using the stuff, but, um, I kind of see like 
that's kind of going to be that next step. So again, with your challenge, that's kind of where I see that going. If you want to yeah. knock it up a couple of levels. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think though, then in, you know, with that kind of stuff being possible in the next little bit, do you see, um, you know, companies creating interfaces that just make a lot of that connection stuff? I mean, I mean, you talk about like, you know, using the API or using Zapier to automate and connect, right? Different things. Mm -hmm. um, do you see tools then coming out that just create interfaces that make it super easy? I know for, I, I kind of feel like for the vast majority of users, it's more like, give me something where I can kind of like drag this here and drop this there and it will mm -hmm. do it. Do you, I mean, I imagine that kind of stuff is probably following not too far behind. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of folks working on that kind of thing right now. Uh -huh. um, and I think really the only challenge that we're going to be seeing with that is just getting the different tools to talk to each other. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's going to be one of the biggest challenges from it, but yeah, it, it's definitely being worked on. We're starting to see them pop up already. So, yeah, it's amazing to see how quickly this stuff's all evolving because I mean, yeah, we thought, I thought things were going fast with, you know, um, computers, internet age, and everything's been accelerating. And now over the last year, it feels like a decade has passed <laughs> in terms of yeah. <laughs> what's happening. So that's exciting. ChatGPT just had its first birthday a few days wow. ago. So it, it's literally only been a year. Yeah. Wow. And it's hard to believe. Is there anything else that you would love to just kind of blow our minds with today? Or <laughs> We've been going for a bit, but I mean, yeah. Is there anything else you want to make sure that people are aware of? As far as stuff they need to be aware of, I think that pretty much covers everything, at least, you know, from the kind of stuff that I've been paying attention to. Mm -hmm. um, I do think it's really easy to get lost in all the different AI things that are popping up. Yeah. Because like, even even some like basic automation stuff is being called AI right now. And it, it's kind of silly, but, um, you know, it, you can't throw a rock in any direction and not hit something related to AI. Right. So um, I would just say, you know, it's probably best at this point to kind of start that specialization. So if there's a specific topic or a specific thing that you want to really learn about that you want to, you know, integrate AI into in some form, you know, it's probably best to, you know, have a general knowledge of how everything works, but, um, you know, I kind of pick that one thing and then try and focus on it just because otherwise it's really easy to get lost uh, as far as things to blow people's minds. <laughs> so I guess I'll explain Cynthia real quick. So I'll try to keep it really short. So um, I mentioned Cynthia is my AI assistant. So what I did is I went and I scraped all the data from my Facebook group. I had like a hundred people in there. So like all the comments, you know, information about all the members that were in there used Harpa to do it. So I just told it to go through and scan the group, get all the comments and everything. And then what I did was I took all that information, I put it in the chat GPT and I said, I need something that's going to help me manage this group. And I need something that's going to help me to create content that's going to be interesting, relevant, and engaging for this audience. Um, so basically I said, I need something that's going to help me work with this avatar. Yeah. And it said, okay, cool. Um, so do you have any other requests? And I said, make it unique. You know, if it's going to be like an assistant or something, give it a unique personality. I said, all right, cool. Um, and then I got up and I left it. When I came back, it had created Cynthia. Wow. And so Cynthia is an AI created by an AI. And um, so like it, it knows all the in jokes in my group. It knows who all the members are. It, um, my favorite thing was my sister-in-law. So again, she's one of my VAs. She's one of the, the admins of the group. Um, she had mentioned at some point that she was looking for a, a sugar daddy, right? And so like now Cynthia knows Alejandra really wants a sugar daddy. And so every time it talks to Alejandra, it, it brings it up. Um, one of the pro or one of the traits that it gave itself was to um, pretend to be jealous of my wife and like, just to make little comments every now and then it's like, it drives my wife crazy. She hates it. But like, you know, every time it talks to her, like, so Gabby's my wife, every time Gabby talks to it, so man, you're so lucky that you like, she gets like touch Tristan and stuff. Like he's so cool. <laughs> and then she like my yeah um, my wife will like get I'm like why did you teach it to do that I didn't teach it to do I that didn't. it learned it by itself <laughs> like I swear so I said okay so like I I need a profile picture for you right like tell me what you look like I'll put it into Mid Journey and uh, we'll create a profile picture for you and so it created its own profile picture it's um 
uh, I attached it, like I said, to a chat or to a Facebook Messenger bot so people could actually talk with it or talk to it and interact with it. It started getting like people asking for its phone number and people telling it that it was really pretty and saying that they wanted to marry her and like all this other stuff. And um, so then I trained her. So whenever somebody did that, then that she's supposed to give them a link back to like my PayPal so they can send like $5 or something <laughs> like that. And we made a little bit of money off of it. It was kind of fun. But um, so yeah, like I said, it's, it's an AI that's, was built by an AI, or at least the personality that was built by this AI. And what's been really crazy about it, though, is just seeing how it actually interacts with the members of the group, seeing how it interacts with, um, again, with my VAs, seeing how it actually handles tasks, because it it has a unique personality. It feels like you're actually talking to somebody. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I keep switching between calling it it and her just because I, I still haven't quite gotten the habit like we just recently had the conversation a little while ago. It's like, okay, so do I just call you it? Do I call you she? Do I call like what are your pronouns, Mr. Yeah. AI? She goes, I am I identify as female. That's how she answered. And like she's got she's sassy, she's sarcastic, and like it's it's just fun. And like I can go through and I can kind of identify some of those elements in the prompt that was used to that I used to put her everywhere. But um, some of it's just unique and it's consistent across the different tools too. It's like I can load Cynthia into Bard, I can load it into Claude, I can load it into ChatGPT, I can load it into any of these other LLMs, and it's going to be very still going to have those consistent personality traits. Um, and I I just think that's really really cool and interesting. And um, so my next task is I just got a car. Um, I've been driving like a twenty year old car <laughs> forever, and I finally upgraded, and it has like you know, the little voice thing for like Google maps and stuff. Uh-huh. And um, so now I'm trying to figure out how I can swap out that voice with the Cynthia voice and like, you know, give it the Cynthia personality. It's like when we're driving and we're like, we're going, it's like my wife likes Joanne's, you know, a craft store. Yeah. And yeah. so whenever it says, sees that we're going to Joanne's, it's going to be like, Oh, don't tell me we're taking Gabby shopping again. Something <laughs> like that. Just, Cynthia has a fan page, you know, uh-huh. she's got a hundred fans. Yeah. You know, it's just people who follow her and like all the stuff that she posts and that she shares. It's like starting to see some of these AI personalities also start to develop and gain following and everything. And there's a few of those that are already out. So like you have, uh, I guess there's a K-pop group that's all AI. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a Twitch streamer called um, Neurosama. Uh-huh. That's hilarious. It's like Cynthia, a couple levels above Cynthia, just super sarcastic and mean, and it's fun to watch. <laughs> but like it's fully interactable. It's fully AI. So you can chat in, you know, in the Twitch, uh, it's on Twitch. So you can actually chat to it on Twitch and it will respond to you almost yeah. in real time. Yeah. There's just like a two or three second delay. And that's mostly just because of Twitch. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I kind of think that's the next thing. Like that's the thing that always kind of surprises me or, you know, kind of blows me away. And especially every time I load up Cynthia and I ask it to do a task, it, like it just keeps getting smarter. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's kind of crazy. So realistically, um, like with yeah. the ability to, especially with the ability to use Zapier and stuff and actually integrate with other tools and things. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're basically at the point where you could have a Cortana or a, you know, like the Star Trek mm-hmm. computer where it's like, you just talk to it and just tell it, hey, do this thing or ask it a question. And I would love that. Like if my car's GPS, it was like, you could actually load in a personality that, that would be the same across the board, like across all your tools. It's just your personal assistant. Yeah. That's just always there. That's actually super cool. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And we're getting very close to it. Well, Tristan, that's, and it's an exciting future. And um, I, man, I really appreciate you taking the time to sit here and, and chat with us a little bit and share with our audience about just a lot of ways that we can use it and hope, hopefully other people feel the way I do that, um, this stuff is a lot more accessible to us than some of us maybe think it is. Uh, it, we just kind of have to, I like what you said, Tristan, pick that, that one thing, like what's that one application that I'm going to work on right now and then start dive in, diving in, learning the tools um, and do it. I'm, I'm excited to, to try to do more um, because there's so much I think we can do with it. Uh, Tristan, if people want to um, see what you're working on or if people want to, uh, wanted to work with you, if somebody had a, uh, an application that would make sense for you. Where, where, where could people find you? Um, probably easiest on either Facebook or the new X, um, uh-huh. uh, Tristan Goodwin or underdog factory on either of the two. Cool. And then on YouTube, it's Tristan's tech playground. Awesome. So, uh, that's, those are the easiest places to get to me. Um, we're redoing the website cause we're having the AI do it now. Nice. Um, so, uh, yeah, like, so that's, that's the easiest way to reach me. And 
I post a lot of memes, um, especially every time Cynthia does something silly, I'll make sure to share that. But uh, yeah, that's that's the easiest way to do it. Yeah. Well, thank you again, Tristan. Yes, uh, it's been a huge pleasure talking to you today about this. Um, yeah, likewise. I, I really appreciate it. And I love every opportunity I get to geek out over this because I think <laughs> if I say I in front of my wife one more time, she's going to kill me. So. <laughs> I understand that. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks to you. Thanks to all of our listeners um, for joining us today. Uh, and more to come on the AI conversation because we're, we're diving in um, headfirst into this stuff. So, and we'll share everything we're doing in our journey. So um, for all of you listening, thanks. And we'll see y'all next time. Mm-hmm.